Hello, boys and girls. Hello. Welcome to Tales from the Green Room, episode 68. 68. Climbing, baby. Climbing. <clears throat> nice day today. Not, you know, not the nicest, but hey, man, we're alive. We're here. You know, got to be happy about something. See the positive. Um, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know. What do I talk about? Working on music. Uh, my daughter's been down here, like, putting on dresses and all her costumes from Halloween, past Halloweens and stuff. It's fun to watch. Um, Batgirl, princess stuff. She's all about it, dude. Loves the princess stuff. Um, spoke to uh, Justin Davenport of Skinny Buddha and Quesos. Uh, He's a rapper. Um, they're from Florida, and uh, they've been in the game for a while. Um, I try to like branch out a little bit, and uh, this was an interesting conversation because it was with a musician and an entrepreneur running a. a a brand and a label and a clothing company um, pushing art and uh, it was great to hear the about the similar paths that we've all taken and it just shows me that like this is all you know everything is everything you hear is true it's it's a lot of work it's a lot of focus and um, a lot goes into it and there's a lot of a lot of downs a lot of ups but um, you gotta love it all you know so, um, thanks to all my supporters, by the way, for the Tales from the Green Room podcast. Uh, if you're interested in finding out how to support the podcast, go to talesfromthegreenroom.com and uh, hit the support the podcast button. Uh, go to ballyhurocks.com slash tour for all the tour dates. Announced a bunch of shows for this summer. More to come as well. Um, hit me on the Instagram. Leave me some voicemails. Let me know what you're thinking, what's on your mind. Doesn't even have to be a question. Just say what's up. Just give me a shout out. I want to hear from you. Um, come say what's up on the show. At uh, Howie Spangler on the Instagram. Hit the DM. Hit the little microphone button. And speak. Speak your mind. Um, all right. Let's get into it, man. Uh, Tales from the Green Room, episode number 68. Here we go. So uh, welcome to the show, man. Thank you guys for uh, for calling in. Appreciate you guys coming to, to yeah, chat it up. Having yeah, man. So okay, uh, first things first. I guess we'll we'll go around the room here. Um, so uh, Justin, you're with uh, you have Skinny Buddha. So Skinny Buddha Clothing and uh, Skinny Buddha are essentially one and the same. Um, we are a art like an art first clothing company. Uh, we're basically an art collective where we scout and sign independent graphic artists throughout the nation and we commission them to do our clothing. So all of our different shirts are actually done by all the different artists that we work with. And then we, uh, we actually promote and market all the art, the artists that we work with through all of our social media channels. And, uh, we actually have them show up if they're local to our different festivals and things that we've been at. We actually, uh, we kind of give them the, uh, the soapbox to stand on to sell their artwork. Um, you know, and it's really about pushing creative energy and inspiring people to be creative 
And in doing so, we get to work with some pretty kick-ass artists. And, uh, you know, that integrates really nicely into the music scene. Uh, working different festivals and, you know, obviously art and music uh, inspire each other, which is um, really, really cool because those are two big passions of mine. And, uh, you know, thus creating Skinny Buddha, which is like this, um, you know, Skinny Buddha is a symbol of one's journey to enlightenment. So it was super fitting. Jumped into that and we just want to be there for your journey kind of deal. <laughs> and it's been quite the journey, to be honest. Um, but I also double and, um, you know, we had linked up with Queso. 10 years ago back in Orlando and uh, when Skinny Buddha was first starting and um, you know he had asked for a sponsorship and I was coming out the gate and said you know looking at him and said well what do you do he's like well I'm a, I'm a rapper <laughs> and I kind of like okay you're looking at this dude long hair and sandals very surf vibe and you're like alright cool he's like no I just released this mixtape listen to this you know let me know what you think kind of you know okay great uh, get in my car, pop in the mixtape before I got where I was going. I'm like, okay, uh, we're going to do this one better. We're going to create a label. We're going to, I'm going to manage you and we're going to do this. So, um, that formed the relationship between Skinny Buddha and Case Sos. And then, um, you know, and then I became the manager for Case Sos and, uh, the Hoi Polloi. And I'm sure Case Sos can tell you a little more about, uh, the, the beginning and the affiliation with the Hoi Polloi. Right on. Yeah. Are, are we moving, are we moving around the room? Yeah. You're next. Yeah, man. <laughs> Maybe we can the in yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, I'm Kate Sos, uh, now frontman for the Hoy Polloi, but I've been a music man since I was a kid. I played saxophone in America's Youngest Jazz Band growing up, and uh, like Justin said, we linked up about 10 years, a little more than 10 years ago now, um, and started working together. The, one of the really beautiful and brilliant things about Justin is He's, he's a curator of so many fields, whether it's art or clothing or music. He's got a great ear, a great eye for talent, and a great appreciation for people who are working really hard at their fields. So, like you said, I approached him to get involved with us, and he's been through our phase with MSG, which is No Ordinary Cats, uh, which was our, our hip-hop group out of Orlando. And then when I moved to Miami in the 2011-ish era and started my own band, uh, few years in, I re-enlisted Justin's help to kind of help spread the word about what I'm currently doing. So it's been real cool. That's great, man. Um, <clears throat> so you uh, played in the youngest jazz band? Is that what I heard? Yeah, America's youngest jazz band. So it's basically nine to thirteen year olds. When you turn thirteen, they kick you out for being too old to keep the name intact. But wow, uh, like Menudo, all the way to New Orleans. Exactly, and we went. <laughs> we even went all the way to New Orleans, played jazz fest as a kid and stuff. And so after I left that, I started writing my own songs. Got really into hip hop, and then man, from there just branched out. I mean, I would say I'm not only multi instrumentalist but multi genreist now. I mean, we do hip hop, rock, psychedelic, uh, dance, music. I mean, a little bit of of everything, which is which has been really fun and cool for me because it's kept me inspired all these years to continue sharing a part of me with everybody else so that's great there's no uh there's no pressure to to do the same thing over and over again you sort of like spread your wings and it's like liberating i can i can see that yeah because a lot of you know artists you know they're they get known for one thing and then people expect them to continue to deliver the same thing over and over again in different packaging and it's like 
we're human beings too. We have a lot more to offer maybe than just one style or just one representation or one viewpoint. And so one of the cool things about the Hoi Polloi, which actually is Greek for the masses or stands for we the people, is that we're not tied down by any anything in particular. Like we just came off the tour with KRS One, but we also did a fifty date rock tour last year. So it's like, you know, we really can conform and chameleon ourselves into whatever is the opportunity, but also whatever we're feeling at the moment as well. Versatile. I like that. Um, Justin, uh, so that very cool um, approach with uh, Skinny Buddha um, sort of hooking up with many different artists rather than, you know, I, I can see how the, I mean, is, is there something about, like, I'm, I'm checking out your art right now, and there's a, there's a lot of great designs, um, and it, uh, there's not, it's, I guess it seems like there's, there's, there is a common thread with, with everything. It's like, everything's, I don't know, it kind of looks like, uh, I don't know if these are all different artists or whatever, like that, that are showcased here on your website, but from what I can see, it's very, um, I don't know what the word is like, uh, I don't know, like spiritual or sort of like, just, I don't know, very earthy in a way. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to kind of describe. Um, well, yeah. you know, it, it, we do have a specific style, and it's, it's funny how it's really. If you're looking at the Instagram, it's always funny because there's a there's actually two of us that manage the Instagram. And uh, if you know us personally, it, it's like a game we play where we ask people who posted what because you can kind of tell um, <laughs> when it comes to our different tastes in art and uh, style. I think the overall theme is really just like you know we we started as a street art brand. And uh, we kind of stopped using the word street art in the industry just because street artists themselves haven't really adopted that term, <laughs> surprisingly. They are not really about it, you know. Um, it's very abstract. It, it can describe a lot of different things. So we kind of, we used to be street art clothing. And, you know, we kind of evolved into something that was more about pushing a message and kind of opening people's eyes to just wild and unique thoughts and different ways of kind of looking at things. Um, you know, the goal really is to kind of wake people up a little, you know. Uh, we want to inspire, and we want to inspire that change to people that have kind of been, um, how do I say, like, you know, under the weight of society. Um, society norms and things like this and expectations of what your life should really look like is is really weird, and, and, and it's hard to deal with for a lot of people, and it's a stress of, you know, a source of anxiety and things in a lot of the nine-to-fivers that are out there, um, you know, out there, and especially the ones who are artists and that are entrepreneurs and that are looking to, like, make something and have this dream, uh, which is so important. You know, you're stuck behind a nine-to-five, and you're, you're working to, like, you're working on one project to fuel the other, and, you know, it, you have the society pressure on your shoulders of, like, this is what life should be, and, and honestly, if you can open and inspire someone to change that and move toward like, you know, bettering themselves and growing as a person and, and being educated on, you know, life isn't always what you're programmed to see it as. Um, you know, and that's kind of what we're, we try to push. We try to push the spiritual unique idea. We look, we want to push the, uh, you know, the, the better, we want to vibrate at a higher level <clears throat> without getting too, without getting too deep into the spiritual, uh, you know, theories behind what, you know, kind of, what our core members practice here. Um, you know, I think more than anything, it's about connecting with unique individuals who are out there doing it, vibing off of each other's energy and trying to propagate that. 
And, um, you know, we, and we like to do that through the, the imagery of the artwork that like kind of a lot of our stuff will have a message. Uh, we are still very pop culture rooted, you know, we do want to talk to our generation of, you know, like we're always be pushing Rick and Morty. Those are our dudes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you stuff like that. If you go through our Instagram feed, you will see a common theme ultimately. Um, you know, obviously we're rooted in, in reggae. Uh, we love reggae. We love music. So a lot of our t-shirts are fueled by, you know, different artists that we respect. You know, we'll do, um, we'll do like an ode to, like we did an ode to Sabotage from Beastie Boys, which was awesome. Uh, you know, we got, we worked with one of our favorite artists, Nick Beery, to, to do that one. And, uh, you know, we, we're very music inspired. So a lot of our stuff, you will see, um, you know, music elements flowing through all of it and uh, just wild style design to like really be as unique as we can and hopefully influence others to do the same, you know? Yeah. Well, let me, uh, let me take you back off that just one second though. First of all, shout out to Nick Beery, who's pretty much illustrated my entire music career. But I think one of the cool things, uh, Howie, that Skinny Buddha does and that Justin touched on is now that we're in this era of wokeness and, and, you know, being more aware and, and searching for that spiritual vibe, Going back to when I connected with Skinny Buddha 10 years ago, the cool thing about them is not only a company, but as, as someone you want to be affiliated with is they're, you know, they come to you and they, and they look for, hey, man, well, what's your talent? What are you interested in? What drives you? What inspires you? What makes you passionate? And then they try to convert that, whether it's into a shirt or into a sponsorship or into an opportunity to, to link you with somebody else. And that's really the brilliance behind the, the, the label and the, and the, and the brand Skinny Buddha is that it really, it does care about the ground level of the people who are really working their hardest to make their visions known. And I feel like when we're in such a world that just tries to turn out and turn out and turn out more content and more media and everything, some of that gets lost a lot of times. So it's good to know that there are brands that are still looking out for people like you and me, you know? Totally agree, man. Uh, I love the whole, um, I love this whole thing, you know, the whole, uh, approach to it. And, um, yeah, I mean the, the, the art, uh, itself is great. Like that. I love the line art and a lot of these designs. And yeah, you said you t still touch on pop culture and stuff. I see these, um, uh, stormtroopers and things, you know, um, little something for everybody. It looks like, um, and yeah, nur nurturing art is, uh, is important, man. Um, you know, there's so many people that just get caught up in their lives and they get, um, stuck just kind of, I don't know, days, days escape them, you know, because they're constantly worried about life happening, you know? And sometimes we forget to, to look at, you know, the beautiful things around us. And, um, you have people that are, uh, driven by that, that are constantly swimming upstream because, you know, they want to, they want to live their life a certain way. Um, and, and life keeps, keeps getting in the way, you know? So, uh, it's nice to, to see someone, a company coming along and, and uh, trying to, to help nurture that and um, give it, give it, uh, create a space, create an escape, um, an avenue, a channel, you know, for, for creatives to get together and, and, and pursue that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm sure you guys can relate that the word struggling or starving artist didn't just come out of nowhere, you know? Um, and that's the thing is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of artists in general too, that are out there and trying to do it might need that extra push. And that's what we found is where, you know, a lot of artists that are out there, including uh, and definitely music artists where, 
you've got all this talent, you've got all this, you know, and, and, and I, this is what I've learned working with Toast as well is, you know, he's, he's recording constantly and it, there's probably hundreds of songs that I've never heard and may never hear in my life and uh, that he's been producing and, 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 and working on and all these different things. Uh, but, you know, when you're, when you're putting your soul out like that, I found a lot of artists like have issues selling their stuff, have issues marketing their, their artwork, have issues sharing it. Um, whether it be fear of judgment or fear of, or, or fear of social anxiety, who knows? I mean, there's it's every, you know, each case is different, but you know, we really just want to be the platform and, and say, Hey, look, you know, like we won't work with the biggest artists. I mean, you know, Banksy comes to me and says, Hey, we want to do this. I mean, it would be, it would be hard to say no, but I mean, the goal would be to work with the up and coming person, the person that needs that extra push, the person that says, Hey, look, you can do this. You, you're an amazing artist. Your, your music is good. Your art is good. Your drawing is amazing. You know, like, and, and a lot of times they don't, they're not savvy in business, you know? So where we kind of step in as the, as the company that we want to like kind of help and administrate that and put you out there and, and work with you to grow. So, um, you know, it, I mean, it is, it has been, it has been a struggle. It has, it has not been easy. Um, every, you know, we grow and we strive every day to get a little bit better at our craft and, and, um, you know, it's partnerships and, and, and meeting cool people along the way that really end up being the most rewarding thing, at least to me so far. Yeah. I, think- I, I agree. And, uh, and some, some I'm going to say on top of that as well is that I'm sure you can relate, uh, how, you know, being in music is that a lot of us who are, more talented on the art and the uh, introspective side, you know, are not always so good or laced with the skills of advertising, marketing, curating our own work, how to promote our own work. And it's so, it's so pivotal to have companies and, and people who are passionate about kind of being the, the segue in between taking what you think you do really well and making it accessible to people and, you know, that's uh, it's one of the most beautiful things when you're able to connect someone who has a lot of talent with an audience that may not have got to reach them in other cases. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Um, there are a lot of people that, you know, a lot of artists that don't understand the business side of it and they just want to focus on the art um, and uh, they need someone to, to step in and, you know, help them be seen, you know, be heard, whether, you know, if it's music. And it seems like you have a, obviously you have a genuine approach to this. There's no like hidden agenda. There's no like, like you're, you're a businessman, but you understand art and you understand um, that it's a, it's something that needs to be developed and nurtured and, and um, cared for. And it's not just some, uh, some fucking money grab. Like some of these, some of these people do, you know, Hell, hey, we'll join up with oh, us. We'll help sell not. your art, you know, like. <laughs> no. And that's, I mean, you can ask any one of our artists how they feel about, and, you know, I would encourage you to, I would encourage even listeners to go and, and check them out and like cruise through our page and, and be like, you know, and ask them because it's family, you know, and that's, that's what it becomes. And it really is, you know, the payoff is really, you know, outside of obviously growing and, and seeing something that I'm passionate about become successful, but more so, I mean, all of the people along the way that we interact with that become these like integral parts of our, of our of our family. And that's what it is. I mean, it's the skinny Buddha family and, uh, you know, we're, we're adopting, we're adopting new folks every day, you know? 
uh, Howie, man, you know, you're, you don't even know it yet, but you're being, you're being slowly trickled in here. <laughs> so, uh, I hope you're, I hope you're ready for a big skinny Buddha family hug. <laughs> okay. I like hugs. But, uh, down with hugs. You know, like, and, and it's great because it, it opens doors, you know, like I wouldn't have met you had it not been skinny Buddha. We wouldn't have been me here. You know, we wouldn't have had the connection because, you know, Skinny Buddha and the Expendables had built a relationship, and uh, you were on tour with them, and running into you backstage, you know, and have, and, and then it, it it spirally, you know, it, it grows, and it's and it's just I don't I don't feel like it's uh, coincidence by any means, but um, that's you know it's great because it's what we get to do, and all of these really creative minds and having all this creativity and 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 talented people around is, is just wild. It is. I. I uh... I definitely feel like something you touched on earlier um, that uh, I think a lot of people that have have the notion or the inkling to to do something in the creative space um, are hindered by, you know, how the basic how, how society's plan for us, like there's this plan that we're supposed to. Go to school, which is great. I believe everyone should get a high school education if they can. Um, and, and but after that, it's it's sort of like you're supposed to either go to college if you can afford it, um, and and if you go to college, you accumulate debt. Hopefully, get a job that that you want. Um, if you don't go to college, you're, you're you know right right in some job. You know probably probably many jobs until you finally settle down on something. And you just sort of I don't know you get there's a, you get married maybe you have some kids you you collect social security and you die like that's to me in my in my head that's 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 that type of life that I didn't want to live um, I didn't want to I, I just knew that that wasn't for me I knew that um, I didn't want to be a part of that and they call it the rat race you know and I understand why it's just it's just you're in there with millions of other people and it's just you're all I don't know you just it's this life that I just didn't want to. I didn't want to be a part of, and I knew that I had something that I wanted to pursue this, uh, you know, music and, and art and, you know, whatever drawing. I, I like, I like editing videos and yeah, I don't know. It's just anything creative. I loved making things. And, um, because I started so early, I kind of, I think I was really bullish about it. Just like, I'm not, nothing's getting in the way. This is what I want to do. I'm just going to be in a band. Everybody tried to get me to go to college and all that stuff, grandparents and stuff. And, uh, and I, that was cool. Like I understand why, but, um, they just wanted me to live a good life if possible. But I knew that I didn't want that. So I just kept rolling and kept playing shows. And, you know, you have to like, if there's something that you want, you just have to focus and, and go for it and make the moves and put yourself on the path. And a lot of people, I think they're scared by it. They don't want to take the leap of faith and they just think, ah, that could never happen. I could never do that. You know, but it's like, it's so possible. It's a hundred percent possible for anyone to be able to pursue what they want to do. You know, they just get scared. I, I talk about other brands. I'm not going to say any other, any brands, but you know, say imagine a big, a big brand, whether it be surf, skate, whatever, uh, who are super successful. And then just, they don't, they, they have this amazing platform and they're not, there's no message. Um, you know, so one of the ideas when we were kind of putting this whole thing together was, you know, what are we, where, you know, where do you want to, what do you want to say uh, when you get there? You know, and now we've been building the soapbox and trying to, 
get that platform and reach as many people as we can and, and, and spread that. But, um, you know, technically we want to be a brand with a soul. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a cool idea in my brain about kind of what that is. And I ended up in a nine to five once and that, <laughs> that didn't last very long. <laughs> when you're swimming again, you're going against the grain. It definitely, uh, is painful enough to want to, swim with the current you know <laughs> i think you know well, well like how he said too you know it's very you know it's, it's, it's easy to get caught up in the funnel because you, you know life is in many ways curating you for that type of lifestyle and you have to kind of take a lot of leaps of faith and a lot of risks and belief in yourself and especially in some of the hardest moments when you're not even sure what you're doing or where you're going but you just put one foot in front of the other to make it happen because most people do get scared and they settle down and they get married and they give up and they say, this couldn't happen to me. This couldn't be in my life. And they're really, at the end of the day, everyone that I've ever read about, and I'm a huge music historian, and I don't know if you are as well, Howie, but on top of being a musician, I love the history of music and the people who really, you know, stuck it out and took the risk and drove out west in their cars and slept and, and, and waited to get that commercial, which turned into a... A, uh, you know, a TV show moment, which turned into a, a minor role, which turned that then, you know, in turn turned them into a major actor, or you know, just in, that's just one example. And it's just, you know, you have to be daring in life. You have to be bold, and you have to be willing to fail. Everyone who succeeds in life will tell you they failed a ton of times to get where they wanted to go. And if they didn't, their careers aren't going to last that long because. You need to know what it's like to fail and be down on your luck to really have longevity in this business because otherwise it will eat you alive. It's so true, man. It's so true. At least true. that's my take on it. No, you're <laughs> absolutely 100%, man. 100%. This is, you have to be um, willing to, to eat shit for a long time and not make money. And that's the scary part for people is like, I think some people, I was lucky enough to know what I wanted to do from an early age. And, you know, when I was a, teenage young teenager like 12 13 um and th i started the band i was 14 years old and it just was non-stop from there and that was a, two decades ago and like um now if i had decided to do this you know when i was 25 or 30 might have been a little different might have been a lot harder because you know family might have happened or like i have kids now and everything but like you just never know i mean when you start doing like the those normal life events like getting married, starting a family, you know, getting a mortgage or whatever it is, having bills, it gets harder to be to turn down a job that's going to pay you money, you know, for this thing you love to do, but it doesn't put in any money, you know, and it's in in fear of not not putting food on the table and and you know, cuz your family didn't ask for this, you know. Um that's the things that I always struggle with was like you know, my kids, when I go away on tour, um, they're like, where the fuck's daddy gone? You know, like it's, it's, it's frustrating. I, you know, they didn't ask for that. You know, they understand that this is how I make money and this is how I, I keep us afloat. Um, but it still sucks for them that I have to be gone so much, you know? Um, and that, I can see that being very scary and like them going, no fucking way. There's no way I can do this, you know? So I feel like the earlier, the better. Like if you can figure it out, the sooner, that's why I try to gear this show towards like younger audience, like just, you know, I mean, anybody could really could do this, but the younger, the better, man. Cause like when all, once all that life stuff starts happening, it gets a lot harder. 
I actually just made an analogy to that idea um, recently. I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so, like anybody who's gone to school and you know, in college or whatever, you're you know, you're finding the quote finding your major. Um, <laughs> you have like this whole thing where you just have to go through and 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 everybody's oh, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a lawyer because my parents said that's where the money is and da 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 and all these things. Right. And, you know, you spend this time and you kind of have a freak out, right? You're like, wait a second, what wait, what am I good at? Like, what, are, what do I want to do? And, like, <laughs> you know, after stressing significantly about what my major is going to be, I, you know, kind of had a food for thought, like, hey, um, I'm, watching, I'm watching friends of mine who are terrible at math become, like, these major accountants or become, or people that are, you know, going just struggling to teach themselves new things and, you know, and going against what comes naturally to them just because of different things that people are telling them they, that, you know, this job guarantees this and that. And honestly, it turned out all of that was a crock of shit. Yeah. Uh, no, no degree qualifies you for a certain salary period. Always, days. man. But, um, you know, the point is, is that you go through this phase of like trying to figure out what it is that what it is that you're, you know, you, you're going to do with your life. And, um, the sooner you figure that out, the better, but also while you're figuring it out, I do what, do what is easy for you. Like, why not be the best at what comes naturally to you? You know, like why not, you know, go with the stream that's already pushing you in the right direction. Um, you know, and obviously the earlier, like how he said, the earlier, the better. I mean, if you could figure that out and just start reprogramming your brain to think that, you know, hey, look, this is this is this is fun for me. This doing this is energizing me. This is inspiring me. This feels good. You know, figure out how you can do something like that. Because uh, you know, the learning curve is the learning curve is, is hard and tough. And, and it, it is, but also like like Howie said, I, I'm you know, some of us are very lucky to figure out at a very young age what we're passionate about and what we love to do. And I was definitely one of those people, just like you were, Howie. But also, I mean, I, I just, I also have to, you know, you said you get, you're this young people, but I think one of the most important things is, you know, in general, you got to remember at any point in your life, you can make a decision to change to do something different. One of my biggest idols or influences in life is a, lady named Mel Robbins. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she was 41 years old, $800,000 in debt, triple mortgage, three kids. Her husband's business was failing, and she discovered that her passion, her love, was inspiring people. And so she wrote a very famous book now called The Five Second Rule, and now goes all over the country and talks to people and shares her wealth and knowledge. So while it is very advantageous, of course, to, to know earlier, I think that it's important that people know you know, even if they are stuck in a path that they hate or a path they think for dead end, that they can make a change at any moment and decide to do something else. And it may be a lot harder or there may be a lot more risk involved as you get older, but you're never really procure, uh, precluded sorry, um, from, you know, taking that step. And that's one of the great things about life is that you can do what it's never over until it's over. And, you know, there are people in their 60s. I think of people like John. Green, I believe is, is how you say it. Uh, he's a writer for everyone from Dylan or whatever who didn't get a big, you know, appreciation for his solo career. He was always a writer until he was in his real, really 50s and 60s. And I mean, you just, you never know. It's, 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 life is, is about 
not choosing the safe road all the time. And I just, I think for your listeners, and I'm sure you would, you would agree too on some levels, sometimes that, that unknownness and some of that, you know, weariness of where you're heading is, is part of the excitement of living. And uh, I think that's important too. Totally agree with you, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, definitely. What I, yeah, what I meant earlier is not necessarily gearing the show towards young. I'm just saying, like, if if you can't start when you're young, please do it. And and there really, it's never too late. You're totally right. There's, it's never too late. I don't care how old you are. Um, it does it get scarier? I, I wasn't trying to pigeonhole you. But. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to clarify. Um, yeah. Uh, it it does get scarier the older you get for sure because you know you you're already locked into something and this is how things are and you're maybe it's kind of comfortable whatever but maybe it's uncomfortable I don't know but um, if you if there's any thought of making a change and wanting to pursue something just do it now just like start it doesn't even have to be anything like a major move just start making little baby steps to transition to something better you know. Um, it's it's entirely possible, or you know, just fucking rip the bandaid off and and jump ship and, and <laughs> pursue what you want right off the bat. You know? <laughs> it's like however you want to go about they, it. They, they say to the dreamers, go to the dreams. Sometimes you got to dream big to, to land up, land somewhere remotely near where you wanted to stand up. And totally. uh, I agree, I agree with you. And like I said, I mean the pigeonhole you into saying like you're doing it for younger people, but at the end of the day, I think that you know one of the things that's cool about what you're doing and I, I definitely admire about you putting this out there is you're trying to, you know, let people know and relate that, you know, there, there are chances for, you know, one of the things you said is that people think that certain goals are unattainable and, you know, people like me and you know that that's just simply not true. I mean, I was a horrible rapper when I started rapping and I acknowledge that I cringe when I listen to some of my early work and now I, you know, we're, we got a huge collaborations album about to drop here in the summer with some really big names and some artists that I never thought I would get a chance to work with. And, you know, it, it just it goes to show you that it's like these things are possible if you're, if you're willing to give enough of yourself to them. And I think that it's one of the most beautiful things in life. I mean, you know, you watch documentaries on people who've turned their lives around and it, it, it inspires me to go sit down and write a song or, write about my life or write about my struggle or let people know that they do have a chance and it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what background you have. Uh, that's, I think, you know, one of the beautiful things, and I hate to say this in, in such a conflicting time, but it is one of the most beautiful things about being an American is that this is, this is still in a lot of ways a beautiful land of opportunity where, you know, and we're not perfect and we have a lot of things that, we, that need correcting coming up here, but... You know, you still it is still in a place where you know someone with a dream can and no money can turn around and be the biggest star in, in the world, and we've seen it happen right in our in our own lifetime so many times. So, it's, you know, it's cool. Yeah, you just you just have to be uh, willing to put yourself out there and make the moves necessary um, to put yourself on and the path. Fail. You got to be willing to fail. Yeah, that's the thing. People people don't want to fail; they just want to succeed. They're not. They don't want to lose. Nobody likes to lose. I mean, I, you know, nobody <laughs> enjoys losing, but I mean, Michael Jordan had that famous commercial in the nineties. I missed this many shots. I got cut from my whatever. And that's why I'm a success at the end of the commercial. I'm sure you remember it from Nike. And it's just like, you know, it's true. It's like a lot of failure leads 
see the best things in life. Losing is the only way to learn anything. You know? Yeah. Like if you're always winning, what are you taking away from anything? Yeah, nothing. It's you know <laughs> nothing. It's true. <laughs> fucking it nothing. really is. It's, it's great to hold <laughs> the trophy, man, man. But like, you know, I don't know. There's there's a balance there. You gotta you have to fall down to to rise up and um and understand what it means when 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 a success yeah. happens. Yeah, I always um I always resented the. Uh, the idea of especially coming up, you know, before all this, you know, woke, woke era, like you'd said earlier, um, and sort of the, the, the opportunities and the realizations that have presented themselves over the last, you know, decade or so with the explosion of social media and, and internet and being, being, being able to connect in ways that you never were before, things like that. Um, and just takes a smart person to kind of realize what, the opportunity when, when it's in front of them. Um, but back in the day coming up for, for me, and I know a lot of kids that our parents would say, you know, yeah, you can do anything when you grow up, you know, you can be anything you want to be. But as soon as it came down to it, when I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. They're like, ah, fuck that. No, no, you got to go to school and you got to do this, you got to do this. <laughs> and you're just like, well, wait a second. I thought, what, what all that was all that bullshit about? I can be what I want, you know? <laughs> Like, like, I thought I could be whatever I want to be. You just said. <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm definitely, listen, I'm definitely not the astronaut I thought I was going to be. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, there's, <laughs> when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, I want to be, you know, that, that, of course, right? You're, you get a crazy wild imagination. I do know a lot of firemen, though. <laughs> yeah, dude, right, right, me too. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, when it comes to this type of job, this type of famous profession, this, creative that like oh you're in a band like oh how's your band like just stupid shit like that like like i can't that happens so much like people will be like oh how's the band you know or just with this kind of smug i mean people are like most people are like stoked like oh how's the thing going because i think they secretly wish that they could do something like that um but then you get the people that secretly wish they could do something like that but they're like shitty about it miserable and like downplay the whole thing ah you know you need something to fall back on and blah 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 it's like Nah, man, I'm just working really hard to make my shit happen. And um, so for me, uh, back to the parent thing, it was like, I know with my kids, I tell them now, I'm like, you can do whatever you want. Like my son's like, I want to be a gamer. First, he was going to be a drummer. Um, and now he wants to be a gamer. And they're going to they're gonna go through all these changes and change what they want to be. That's fine. He's nine. But like, I'm like, yeah, okay, hey, cool. Man, I actually... I've- I've been part of a sponsorship for a national sponsorship for a gaming team for um, League of Legends. And let me tell you, those guys are making the money these days. Dude, I know. That's what I told him. It's like, we live in a new world, man. Like that, that old shit is over and done with. Like you really can, you know, if they, if you say you can do whatever you want to, in these, this age, you really can like playing video games is lucrative these days. You can totally do that as a profession. Um, and I told him that, like, yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of money in that. And I said, if it's something that you want to do, then you have to focus on it. And, and see, this is where we come to like a, <laughs> it's funny. He's like, it's like, well, yeah, but you're telling me that like, this is what I want to do for a living. So I need to, I need to do it and practice and stuff, meaning play video games, but you're not letting me do it. I'm like, well, you, your schoolwork needs to come first though at the same, it's, it's a weird balance. You know, like he's nine. So he needs to understand that school is important, too. And he needs to make sure he gets the education. Um, so like he didn't do so well on some some tests and stuff recently. So we're, we took it away for like, you know, the weeknights 
so he can do homework and like study if he has to, things like that. And in the weekends, Man, he can have the game. Man, he's in the ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, but yeah, I just yeah. don't. I don't want him to. I feel like they need to learn, you know, they're young. They need to learn some responsibility and, and, and things like that. But And what other opportunities are out there for them to, you know, if you, if you only latch on to the first thing you fall in love with, you might not realize all these other things you love to do, uh, you know, in life as well. And one of the things, you know, you say, well, my parents, like your parents, were like, you know, you can do whatever you want. But one of the most important lessons that comes with doing whatever you want is when you do choose what you want to do, you have to strive to be the best at that thing. I will never forget us sitting at the dinner table when I was like eight years old and my dad said to me, he was like, hey, you can be whatever you want. I don't care if you want to be a garbage man, but you try to be the best garbage man there is out there in the world. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's, no, this is real talk. Right out, rest in peace to my father, who is my hero. But um, I mean, that's right out of his list. And the National like, Garbage Award goes too. Dude, yeah, exactly, and, it, and you never know. It's like we all like different things, and we're not all supposed to like the same thing. So it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, uh, that's why in, I'm sure you encounter this a lot, Howie, being in our field, is that you, there's so many pretentious people, and it's like at the end of the day, you're like, dude, you're good at one thing, all right? Yeah, you're really good at one thing, but you can't reprogram my phone right now, or you can't, you know, link people in six different countries all in one business call right now, or you can't build a car or, you know, and it's like, we're all supposed to be good at different things or whatever. So that's why appreciating everybody's talents in every field. And, you know, you, you said people joke like, Oh, you're in a band. How's the band doing? What's going on with the band? And some of it is genuine. And some of it is just like, you know, people kind of wanting to see whether you fail or not, because they think you're just living, living the rock star lifestyle. But like, if you're in music for real and like we are, then you know that, there's so many moments between the moments of pure joy and enjoyment that we get out of it where it's like, oh my God, a fit, another show tonight. We just traveled another 10 hours to get to the next city to sleep, sleep uncomfortably, to eat garbage food, to, you know, like just to get a chance to play in front of an audience to expect all of us that night. They didn't, they were not the show in Cincinnati the night before and Chicago wants just as much of you as Cincinnati does. So it's at the same time, it's like, yeah, people can say, oh, you know, what's this and that about you're in a band or you chose this lifestyle, but the real people who are in it know that we work just as hard, if not harder, than pretty much any other profession out there when it comes down to it. I mean, really putting in the time to really make a career that has longevity and it's not just a flash in the pan or a single that pops off and then we wonder what the rest of, what happened to the rest of our lives, so... Yeah, whenever I, whenever Very I, interesting, when I would hear from like back in the day, I really like try to work on myself, like uh, how I react and respond to things, and um, you know, and uh, I remember years ago, every now and then you run into stuff like that, like miserable people that are, you know, just giving you shit because they hate their own lives, you know, um, and yeah. and uh, you know, I, yeah, I would do, I would, I would say shit like. You, you can't fucking do what I do. Like, you know, you, you don't have what it takes. You don't have the fucking heart to do what I do. You know, like the, to, to realize right. the, the path of an artist is, is pretty dark at times and it's, it can get really rough and we do work really hard and it's exhausting. And, um, you know, and that's the type of person that could like in my mind at the time, uh, couldn't handle the type of life that I live. So they chose the easy way of just, you know, working, some stupid job right in in the hometown and never leaving and 
you know, experience any, anything else. And, and that was sort of my, my comeback to that back then. Now I'm just like, I mean, whatever, dude, <laughs> like you do you, I'm, I'm going to do me, you know? Now for the section where we pay the bills. And now back to the podcast. Like I said, it's like, you know, people, when you're in the, in the spotlight or when, when people are watching you and watching for what you do, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to hear about your trials and tribulations. They don't want to, they just want to see what you do good. They just want to see that you're making a success of it. And so a lot of times as artists, we have to internalize a lot of those emotions or we share it amongst our bandmates because we're going through a similar thing together as a group. And, you know, that's, that's what binds you to the family family that you travel with. And that's why me and Skinny Booty, even though Justin's not a musician per se, have been family for years is because we get we get that fundamental balance between it all and under and understanding that just like you said, it's like, hey, you do you man, I'll do me. We'll see we'll see where we all end up at the end of the day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. I think your dad You know what you touched on the friends you guys touched on the friends thing and that was uh something I learned. And oh, at least in the clothing industry, uh, you know, obviously I'm not, like so said, I'm not the artist. And, uh, but, uh, you know, even back when it was like when I initially, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make these T-shirts. And, I, you know, I have all these friends, so I'm going to make this business. And, and it'll be good because I have all these friends. And then, like, it was, you know, it, I dropped the shirts and then all the friends were like, oh, cool. And, like, you know, your support you thought. I'm like, I'm going to sell to all these people. Well, I learned quickly my friends are not my consumers. Um, <laughs> and they all want you know, they want, all your friends want free yeah. stuff. And yeah, they want the free stuff. No, and they'll quote rep you so hard, bro. And uh, but getting back to that also is like, you know, what it is is that it's validation. It's, it's my market for me personally is is not my friends. It's my friends, friends, friends. And once the yeah. friends, friends, friends validate what I'm doing to my immediate friends. Then it turns from like, oh, you have a clothing line to, oh yeah, how's your clothing line? That's awesome. <laughs> you know, and it's, yeah. it's yeah. this weird thing where like your immediate circle quote supports and, and I'm sure they do in their own way. So I don't want to discredit that any because like, you know, family and friends do support. Sure. But, uh, you know, they, when you, when you run into those people that are, oh, how's your band or how, oh, how's the line, you know, like demeaning it in some form or fashion. And it's like, then later, their best, their other friends that are not in your circle are repping Shinny Buddha. And then now they come around and they're like, oh, let me support you and buy some clothing. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an odd well, thing that happens. <laughs> but it's, well, 12 it, years it, ago, I bought, I bought two, or two shirts out of Justin's trunk outside of this bar. One of our first encounters ever together. I remember him being, I'm like, yeah, I want to get some shirts. He's like, well, I sell them. I was like, no, I, I want to buy them. I want to support. I like what you're doing. And I'll never forget, we went out to his car one night, and he was like, yeah, what size are you? I was like, what's that one? I want that one. How much? And I bought them, and that started a lifelong friendship between the two. I mean, that really was part of the catalyst that, you know, when I came back and I had my idea to launch the NOC back in the day, that was the catalyst. I was like, dude, this guy's doing it, man. He's looking... He's out of the bar with me right now, but he's still hustling shirts out of his car, talking about what he's doing, and his passion inspired me to, to want to enlist his help into making our network bigger, and there's so many times that I run into people now, and yeah, I'll be talking to them, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you're Toast in the Holy Floor, or you, you're playing that band with the, with, the, with the saxophone or whatever, and it's just like, you know, you like 
so many peripheral, you know, things that come back around. And that's another one of the beauties of it is like, like Justin said, it's not always about the people in your, your inner circle, but it's the people that are a step or two away from you that are appreciating you from far. And you might not even know it until a certain moment or whatever. And it's like, then you hear like, oh yeah, well, I love your song, Centerfold, or saw your video for whatever. And you just, and you don't even know this person. And you're just like, wow, I, I affected this person's life and I, I've never even met this person. And you can do that in so many ways, whether through clothing, through, you know, you said you like to edit videos or art or music or whatever. You can touch people without even realizing it. And that's got some beauty in it too. Yeah, it's true that you can make a, connection with someone that makes them feel a certain way you know yeah it's it's, beautiful yeah it really is i mean listen you know like i just saw i just saw you know i just saw ballyhoo live not too long ago when we first had met and uh what's crazy about music and, and, and being the outsider watching the show like i have no experience being on stage i imagine it being incredible and magical i'm sure you guys are feeding off of the crowd and like and glowing in, in your in your respective ways. But I mean I'm sitting and I go to shows just as a businessman. Sitting and I go there and, and immediately I'm I'm in the crowd. I got my beer in my hand. I'm enjoying the music. But my brain is is looking at you guys driving and being like, okay, now this is and it, it and it jumps into this network of spider web of you know, the path is all of a sudden clear in my brain of what I need to do next for skinny Buddha. So, you know, it, it, you definitely do inspire, inspire me, inspire other people. Um, you know, and that's a testimonial to it because that's half the reason I got to try and go see shows once or twice a week just to, just to get back in that frame of mind where I can see the clarity of like the path I have to take for them for the following week, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. One thing leads off the other. Going to shows, they recently said in the study, I think you posted it, Justin, about how going to shows actually helps you live a healthier, more fulfilled life overall. I don't know. They did some study actually recently on it. And obviously we know that music obviously has a huge effect on your body and how, you know, you live in this world. And even as simple as the shapes of the water cells in your body take on, whether you're angry or happy or inspired or joyful or sad. But at the same time, too, like I said, part of the inspiration that I get is like I go see a sick show. I saw Muse like three weeks ago and, they're a band I never really got into, but I knew that they were, you know, the tour that they were on, they were ripping it hard. So I went, I got tickets and I, I remember going to the show. I've only known like a couple songs and I just, they blew me away, man. And like they're, you know, big time now. They got big production or whatever. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I was going to imagine what we could do with a, a budget like that on a nightly basis. But I mean, they still poured their hearts into it and they made, they made, I feel like everyone in there that night feel like they were part of the show and they were, you know, they weren't just there to do another night. That we like, it felt like everyone down here at that show the other night was like, "Yeah, this is awesome. We're here and we're part of it." And, and it's like so many times you you lose that as you go on. I feel like, or you you see other artists who are who are losing it and and disengage and forget. I feel like they. I don't know if you've been seeing kind of this or not, Howard, but it's like they almost forget why they're up there doing it in the first place. More than just a paycheck, you forget why you're. You know what? Why you got into it, and why you continue to do it, and it's like you got to continue to re-inspire yourself, and that's that's the thing with anything in life is you got you can't ever get complacent. You can't. There's no whether you're the biggest artist in the world or whether you're just small time. You never can just be like, okay, I'm here, I'm good. 
because that's the moment it all falls apart, in my opinion. Yeah. This is that moment you just get okay with where you're at. I mean, I'm sure, you know, even with all the great successes you guys have endured over the years and the tours and the different places you got to travel, there's always, you know, something else on the horizon which could be bigger and better that Valley could do. And, and I bet that's kind of part of the excitement for you still, I would imagine, you know, knowing that's how most artists with longevity work. Yeah, I mean... Am I, am, I, am I close to right on that? <laughs> no, you're 100%. I mean, like, don't get comfortable. Um, there's always something to work yeah. on. My, the gears are always turning, you know, for me. Um, yeah. I'm always thinking about, you know, what we can do better. Yeah. And, and I don't always have the answer for that. Sometimes I'd sit on, you know, what can we do better for the live show, you know, or whatever, to make it feel like you just described. Like, the goal is to make people feel like they're a part of the show and like it's the best thing they've ever done. And, um, yeah. and I, you know, I want, I want them to feel that. And I want, I want, I don't know that I want to know that they had a good time. And, um, if I feel like the show is lacking or maybe we didn't perform as well, it bums me out. You know, I, I, I walk off the stage and I feel like, fuck, we didn't land it, you know, and it bums me out. And, and, you know, and, you know, a lot of times that's one thing about performing that says you leave the stage and. You still get a great response sometimes from the crowd, but you're like, ah, I could have given it a little more tonight. I could have done it a little. And you only share those things maybe with your with your inner circle of your band or you talk about it after you leave the stage or whatever. But it's like, it does make a difference. And because, you know, we're affecting maybe so many people on such a large scale, you know, it's like, it does kind of bum us out when we're like, oh, maybe I could have given Houston a little more tonight or maybe I could have given San Diego a little more tonight than I did because you know, you're tired or you've been on, you're on your sixth or seventh show in a row and you're, you're still human and you're doing the best you can do. But, you know, it's like, it's definitely a, a real internal conflict that us as performers are constantly, you know, if you care about your art, if you care about what you're leaving people with, then it's something that never really leaves your mind, no matter where you are or how far you go in this game. Yeah. It's, it's um, definitely like there's, there's, there, there are nights where you don't know where the energy is going to come from because you're, you're super tired and maybe you had a 10 hour drive, you know, the night before. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's, there's all these things that add up to it. And, um, <clears throat> it's, uh, you just, you're like, oh, I can't, I don't want to do this. And like, I'm, I, some, there are nights where I literally will get up from my bunk and, you know, get dressed. And this is like a half hour before a set. And, you know, maybe grab a beer five minutes before I walk on, you know, warm up the voice and just go. And it's this right out of bed kind of vibe. Like I'm going to some yeah. class I don't want to go to or something. And, um, and that sucks. Like I want to, I want to give. And then once we get up there, usually it starts popping, you know, we, we can get into it, but and the energy sure shows up. But um, it's what's worse is when you feel like the crowd isn't reciprocating. Like, I feel like, I look at the, it. This is me. I always overthink things and like go too too far, too deep, probably. But like, I feel like there's a um, like with an audience as an audience member, like you paid the money. You probably you know our our crowd is like mostly in their mid to late twenties, mid thirties. Um, so they probably got a babysitter. You know, they took off or whatever to make right. this happen to come to the show, and so they should be they should be able to go enjoy themselves escape for a few hours, sing the songs, have a good time. Um, but I also feel like 
at the same time, you know, we drove a really long way to get there. <laughs> and it's like, it'd be cool if yeah. maybe you could like put the beer down between songs and, you know, just give us a clap or, or a woo or something. Or, or when I'm like, Hey, get your hands up. Maybe you put one hand up. Maybe you got a hand on one on a beer. Maybe the other hand goes up, you know, things like that. I think there should be a little bit of reciprocation from the crowd, like just to show like, yeah, I mean, we paid to see you, which we're glad. We're, we're like, we're super stoked. Like, oh my God, these people actually paid to see us do this. But, you know, we want to have a good time too. And we want to know that you're having a good time. And it bums us out when we think you're not having a good time. So it's like this weird, like, energy, like, downward spiral that <laughs> happens. And you just feel like you can't win them over, you know? It is true. You know, it's in city, different cities definitely interact different ways. But sure. one thing I have learned in the last couple of tours, uh, you know, I, I haven't toured quite as extensively as you, as you guys have, Howie and stuff. But I do. I have. I have watched that. You know, sometimes in certain crowds in certain places, the people are not giving you the reaction that you would necessarily like them to. But it doesn't always necessarily mean they're not really into the show and really enjoying it. Like I've had audience members because I try to, you know, as front man, you know, make eye contact with as many people as I can throughout the show and connect with as many people. And there are people who, to me, were just kind of like standing still and, and listening, but not everyone is, is loose and, and able to, to jam out and feel comfortable dancing in a crowd or putting their hands up or whatever, but that doesn't mean they're not loving it. And that's another thing that I've learned in, in, in its own way, just from feedback I get. Some guy will come up to me and he'll be like, dude, excellent set, great, you guys were amazing tonight. I was like, dude, you didn't even clap or whatever, and he, <laughs> but that was just his way of enjoying the show, and sometimes you can't take it so so personally, because like I said, different cities, I remember we played Rochester one time, uh, on, I think the first show, the last tour, and man, I was like, I just like crickets after every song. And then we came off stage and we got such a wonderful reception, and I was just like, well, how come nobody was cheering or making noise or anything? And it's just like, you know, not everyone has, not everyone's like us. Like when I go to a concert, if I'm not sweaty as fuck by the time I leave, I, you did not, you did not give me my money for it. You know what I'm saying? If I wasn't rocking out and having a blast, but that's me. And that's, and we got to remember sometimes as performers, that's not everybody else. I mean, yeah. you know, that more people are afraid to speak at their funeral than be in the casket. But, I mean, that's the number one fear is public speaking. So, <laughs> you know, some people are afraid to express themselves. And I don't take it too, I try not to take it too personally from the crowd sometimes. I mean, yeah, I hear you about, you know, give me one hand, you know, you don't have to give me both. You don't have to set your beer down, but, you know, give me a little whatever back. But sometimes it's the people that are quietest that are really enjoying it the most. And I found that to be really rewarding in some different ways too, which is cool. Yeah. Sometimes like, the, well, especially if it's, uh, especially if it's new, you know, uh, if they're new yeah. fans, you know, they yeah. haven't really oh, had yeah. time to like marinate on the music. Your song hasn't really crept into their playlist yet. You yeah. They're know, taking they're it in. Yeah. Singing it in the shower and they're super jazzed, you know, like they might be on a date cause they have the babysitter that night, you know, and the girl's, Stiff or the dormant. I, I feel like it, I feel like in your case, Howie, I feel like the girls are bringing the guys out, which is always good to have the female demographic down. I, oh, for sure. I find that that category of music does have a huge, huge, and uh, an amazingly attractive female audience too, which is <laughs> kudos to that category. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually just saw. We just saw. I just saw a show where I was was doing the trick to get crowd engagement and. I've never seen it before, but I thought it was hilarious and, and kind of worth worth sharing on the topic was, I can't remember what his name was, but this dude 
the crowd was sitting a little further. The crowd was like further back and not like, you know, on the dance floor up by his show. So he actually busted out a bag of pre-rolled joints. And to everyone in the audience. And the day the crowd rushed up for, right up to the stage for the joints and then stayed there. And they did this whole deal where they all sparked the joints together. And it was like, in what way is this even like, is this it's real? Fucking brilliant, dude. It's fucking brilliant. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was like the marketing manager and he's like, yes. Dude, fans for life. He gave him free weed. That's it. Like, that's it. Yeah, God, that wins them over. And with the changing culture and demographic, with that, I mean, <laughs> that might be one of the great. That might be one of the great gimmicks coming up here. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, yeah. lift your hands up. I'll put my hands up for free weed, man. He must have <laughs> yeah, a. Right? He must have a, a weed budget on the rider, man. How do you afford that every night? Like, <laughs> yeah, I have. I mean, uh, I have no idea. But the, you have never seen the crowd move that fast. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Good right? for him. Good for him. I love when uh, I love people come up with original stuff. Uh, there's a band, uh, that band Less Than Jake. They have like the coolest, like the best live shows, man. They always like every tour, they do something different and like interesting and fun. Like they have this kind of circus that happens on stage and it's just fun to watch. And, and, uh, Chris, so many people. Too. Yeah. Chris and those guys are just really funny. Like the, the banter on stage, like just, just an all around entertaining show. And, uh, always like looked up to them for that since we started touring together it's like fuck and like i've just i've never felt that clever like how do you think of this shit like this is amazing you know <laughs> practice it's just doing it over and over and over and trying different things out and it's i mean you know by the time you see someone they may seem super polished and super like they're just pulling out of the top of their head literally you know they've been using that line for 10 years on the road you oh know, sure before yeah. they ever broke through with you know, you, you stash certain things in your arsenal every night or whatever. And that's one of the beautiful things about being a performer is making it seem seamless, knowing that your your process to get you there was so un, unseamless in so many ways. It was a lot of finding out what works, finding out what bombs, and be like, okay, I, that line didn't go over so well. I'm not going to say that one tomorrow. Not tomorrow night show or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But you kind of curtail your whole experience over time and, that's what we talked, you know, how you said also about, you know, longevity and its importance, importance as a performer is that like, if you're going to last, you have, you can never become complacent. There's no moment where you say, Hey, I'm here now. It's cool. I can do whatever I want and not care. And everything's going to go. Okay. And it's just like, you know, if you, you know, it's just, Maybe you might get away with that for one night, but it ain't gonna, you ain't going to have a career that's going to last decades if you do it that way, I promise you. Yeah. Well, you can't, man. You know, you have to feed the, you have to feed the machine. The content, the internet needs content. You know, we have to be on it. Yeah, it's an endless, insatiable yeah. beast. I mean, I, I did just watch how he makes his spaghetti this morning, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's correct. I'm sorry. Maybe maybe we need to start posting more, you know, cases create the seafood lasagna dishes or something like that, you know? I mean, you know, nothing's new under the sun. Everyone borrows. We all borrow from each other in, in one way or another. And if you have respect and really appreciate what other people do, you know, it's like, uh, you know, that's a cool idea. I, I actually, when you told me you just had spaghetti, I was like, well... Did he have a red sauce, or did he have it with meatballs, or did he just have spaghetti? Yeah. Those are the several thoughts that went through my mind when you said that initially in the podcast. And it was just like, 
you know, people do want to see that that personal insight. That's something Justin's constantly reminding me of. He's like, dude, your pictures on stage always look dope. But, I mean, sometimes people just want to know that you're, like, stopping at whatever right now, Home Depot, picking up lights for a nice show, or you're, you know, making some crazy cookies that have weed in them, or, you know, you're videotaping it, or, you know, people like those insights, too. I forget that sometimes as an artist that, you know, there's more to just, like, putting on a great performance is, like, people want to be like, know that you're, like, cool outside of the performance, too, yeah. you know? Yeah. There's so many artists where you're like, oh, you find out about them, and you're like, oh, that person kind of killed it, killed it a little for me to know that's how they are in their real life compared to what they give us on stage. And then there's people that super are the opposite, where you're like, great show, and then you learn about who they are and how they operate and everything, and then you fall even more in love with what they do because... You just realize that their energy is pure and that their head is in the right place and they care about the right thing. Yeah, I try to I try to remember to like post all the mundane stuff that I do around the house, like you know, like making the spaghetti and that kind of stuff. Like, like I, I've literally wanted to like uh, make a video of myself like uh, making spaghetti in the instant pot just to show like how I do it because it's, it's like a really simple recipe and I think everybody would love it. But like just random stuff like that, like just me film it, edit it, throw it up there. I think it'd be fun, you know, just dumb shit because people know for the most part, people know what I do. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, people want to see behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah, I, it's yeah, just interesting. Plain and you know? simple, that's it. Yeah, they know I played like a band and all that shit. You're a human being too, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, not for nothing. Like, I'll I'll say it outright. Like, after meeting you on the tour bus that night, and like, you know, and 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 knowing kind of like what it is, you know, I watched you on stage, meet you on the meet you backstage, and you know, thanks, great, I'm grateful for being there. But like, you know, after like checking you out and like talking to you about things, and you know, your you know, your personal page and whatever else, like, dude, I I had I had your music on repeat multiple days. You know, and it, yeah. it was like, okay, I need to re. I mean, I need, I know him now. I need to re-listen to all of it. That's awesome. You know, and, yeah. and just fell back in love with it all over again. You know, and and that's that's why you know that's the marketing that's the marketing behind it. People do they want to they want to see, you know, they want to see your natural stuff, and it's, and it's tough sometimes because yeah. you know you still because you have to remember to, to, to like let them in on it, you know. They yeah. want to see the spaghetti. <laughs> Show us the spaghetti. <laughs> There's spaghetti on the spaghetti already. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's it's super important. Like um, like I said, this is it's like it's almost better to don't say hey check out my music or hey check out my my clothing line. It's better to be like hey man, what's going on? What's going? How, how's your life? You know, like. Or just random things yeah. like, and then sort of people warm up to you as a person, and they want to see what what it is. Oh yeah, let me check out the music. Like what, you know that it's it's this organic relationship that you you build, and it takes time, and it's it's like an investment, you know. Um, one of the cool one of the cool things I've been doing lately before the shows is actually talking to audience members and, you know, going around and mingling and obviously no one knows that I'm going to be coming up performing shortly or whatever, but just talking to people, you know, whatever, like I've even, I've even inquiring people like this drummer or whatever. I was talking one night, I'd be like, Oh, what do you think about the, the band's drum set on stage and whatever? He was, <laughs> he was a little critical of our kit or whatever. And I just, you know, was just very cool about it or whatever. And I was like, Oh, okay. Was like, you know. And then I came off stage and he was like, 
he came up to me and was kind of like, <laughs> he didn't realize he was talking to a member of the band that we were, he was quote unquote being critical of or whatever. But it's like, at the end of the day, no matter what, he was, whether he thought the drum kit was cool or not, he had my respect because I came up and like showed him some love. And I, you know, like I said, I, I walk around in the audience before we take the stage while other people are on or openers are on or whatever, sometime between us and the headliner. And it's just like, you know, you connect with those people and then they're like, oh, I didn't know you're performing or you were about to do that or, you know, and that, that goes the a long way guy? Too, That's pretty cool. That was the guy. <laughs> that was the guy I was talking to for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I told him, I told him that shit sucked. Oh my God. <laughs> that's funny. For sure. Yeah, no, that's true, man. I think, um, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I go back to just people for the most part, people know what I do. So it's, they know I'm in a band. They know I write songs. They know I sing, whatever, Get, you know, do, show them some yeah. other stuff. And, and it's a lot of times, and that's, and the lack of the content of, from, from me on that side is me thinking like, nobody wants to see that shit, but they kind of do, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's weird. It's like, <laughs> you think like, why would anybody want to watch me making spaghetti? You know, but right. it, there's something uh, there. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, yeah. You'd be, you'd be surprised how many people aren't doing things and rather watch you make spaghetti than whatever they're doing. Yeah, they're just out there and they're they're wanting to see it. You know, they it's, all the spaghetti talk. I don't know if you've seen that that video going around where they edited Eminem's song uh, where they just dropped mom spaghetti yeah. over <laughs> and over it's again. Kind of funny. Oh man, I haven't. I love him. I gotta, I gotta I just, check that out. I just listening to you both talk about spaghetti. I'm like, there's spaghetti on here. Spaghetti already. <laughs> spaghetti on Howie, spaghetti have you seen that the over, over Luke Tom spaghetti. No, I, I need to watch that. I love Eminem, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up on my. Yeah, doing. me too, man. Just type Eminem spaghetti, and you'll be good. <laughs> Thank me later. I, I love the new record, actually. The fight that he comes out a lot of people or whatever, but that's what we always loved Eminem for. And I think people need to remember that too. And dude, I uh, thought the yeah, same I thing. Definitely, I thought the know, same I, thing. I thought the, the latest effort, you know, I did, just after listening to the first track alone, the ringer, when he was like, I took this bit to the cleaner, this beat to the cleaner. It's like, it's his last line or whatever. And I'm like, damn right. You fucking did. Like, I don't even care what he, you know, who he was coming at or whatever, but he did what Eminem does. And it's like, Yo, like, who's going to be mad at Eminem for dissing people? That's what he came up for. It's exactly, like, dude. You know what? I mean, like, people, people forget. Like, and it's like... People were like, he I sounds like a whiny old man. Leather. He sounds like a whiny old man, yeah. a whiny 45-year-old man. It's like, grow up. It's like, dude, this is why we love him. Remember? This is why we love yeah. Eminem. He's really fucking good with his Do you words. remember why we love him in the first and place? And he tears into people. Exactly. And it's it's awesome. Like, the, come on, dude. Like, this is what we love. You know, everybody, everybody's a fucking 100%. opinion, but I, I thought that record was great. That special, yeah, the ringer was such a good track. And, um, the one with, uh, Joyner yeah. Lucas as well. Um, Joyner Lucas is my jam too. Dude. I love that. That one is another really hot track. Such a good we, song. We were, we were actually on tour. We were on tour with Ace Hood actually when that dropped or whatever. And I remember we were listening through it and I was like, when that Joyner Lucas track came on, I was like, damn, this dude is really hot. I was like, I was a big fan of that one for sure. So good. What'd you think but, of the, uh, the Homicide track with Logic? 
Um, I uh, have not listened to it yet, to be honest with you. I just saw the post about it yesterday. I do like Logic a lot. He's an artist that I did not get into right off the jump. I've been getting him into him more over like the last year or so, so I do need to check that out. But what did you think? Did you like it? Oh, I think it's badass, dude. Just, yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm an Logic. I can't imagine they would make a city song. <laughs> just, just crush it. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, for sure. Now I'm going to check it out actually right when we get off the podcast because I, I've been seeing posts about it and I just haven't had a minute to like, it was like the, this is America when Gambino put that out. Like it took me like a couple of weeks to watch that because I like never didn't have a moment where, cause I was like, I don't want to watch this and be interrupted right now. Like that he's one of my favorite artists and I, I wanted to appreciate that art of whatever he put out. And of course it didn't disappoint in any way, but I mean, it's like, you know, sometimes you just need that right, moments to ingest certain things you know because otherwise it, it has a different effect on you or whatnot if you're like up waiting for a meeting you're like listen to half then you got to get out the car to go to a meeting or whatever it's like for us we you know we put music on i'm sure in your own way you do as well howie where you put music on a on a pedestal and it's in its own way and, and treat it that way and it's just like because it is what we love so much and it, it deserves it deserves its own you know, like platform, you know, for itself is just music. So yeah, that's the way I see it at least. Yeah. You want to be able to put on a new record and, you know, and enjoy it and take it in the right way. Cause it's happened to me a few times where I'm like, I'll listen to something the first time. And it's like, Speaking of there's that, are, something, you a, are you a vinyl guy? Uh, I, I am not like, I have a bunch of vinyl. I have a lot, a lot of my dad's vinyl. Um, and I got a few things myself, some green day vinyl, things like that. But I, I have a record player. I don't have a receiver. I was just never, you know, I, I think the art's cool, but I just, I don't know. I just don't really collect. I appreciate it though. Yeah. We've been on a hunt. We've been on a hunt for folks who, uh, who are vinyl enthusiasts. We uh, printed a bunch of vinyl records. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's just so funny how technology has changed where, you know, you find someone who like loves records or junkies for it, but you got to like really find these people, you know? Um, I mean, but they're no, becoming more prevalent. Vinyl's making such a resurgence right now. Like, I mean, just in Miami alone, in the last uh, eighteen months, three new record stores have opened across the area. Um, I mean, it's it, the quality is there, and for people who really, I mean, I'm personally a huge record head. I mean, I have everything from the Carpenters to Masterpiece Ghetto D on vinyl. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like you know, like just whatever I can get my hands on generally. But it's like. Uh, I think people are starting to begin to appreciate that side of it again. And that's kind of cool for us because it provides a new revenue stream. Like, I don't know where you, where, when your most recent record came out, but I mean, there might be a bunch of your fans out there that are like, yo, let me get that Valley Who vinyl. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know if you guys print them or not. But yeah, I we mean, do. It's, we, we definitely it's, press them up. They sell well. Cheaper and cheaper. And, yeah. And I'm sure like, the people that are buying the Ballyhoo vinyls and taking them home, they're loving them and they're spending them a lot. I'm telling you straight up. It's like anyone who buys a record at our show, I know that they're they're definitely listening to it. They're not it's not just usually falling on the stack. So it's like, you know, people take have a high pride for that. I have a high pride for the records I've collected over the years and, and whatever people are like, You got that on vinyl? And I'm like, Yeah, dude, I was like it's you know, it's just a different way to listen to it. It gives me a different a medium to uh, to ingest it in, and I appreciate that heavily. 
Yeah, we we get videos all the time, like on Instagram and stuff, like people like spinning the the value vinyl, and it's it's, it's rad, man. I, I I totally respect it, and um, I prefer. Yeah, we'll, get you, we'll get you a case of vinyl, regardless. Hopefully yeah, we'll, 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 <laughs> are you guys are you guys done with Florida dates for the for the summer, or are you guys gonna be back down here? Um, we're gonna be back probably in. Yeah, actually, I think the summer's done. I think we're probably gonna be back in in the fall. I'd say probably like September. Yeah. yeah, September, well, October. Well, definitely, you know, whenever you're back down here, or if I'm anywhere near any of your dates, I'll definitely give you a shout out. I do a lot of traveling throughout the year, besides from the band, anyway. So I'm, if I, if you guys are playing in any town where I'm near, I'll definitely hit you up and come through for sure. I would love to. I have never seen you guys live, so I would definitely like to enjoy that experience for the first time. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Come, come check it out next time we're in the area. Yes, um, for sure, for sure. Where are you based out of? Uh, Maryland, like just north of Baltimore. Oh, cool. My family's from Potomac, uh, Bethesda area, so I know I know Maryland pretty well. <laughs> oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Germantown. Yeah, DC uh, uh, area. More, more towards the DC, more towards the DC area, but. I've, yeah, I spent a lot of time up there growing up, for sure. Nice. <laughs> um, well, hey, uh, tell everybody where, where they can find you on the, on the socials. I, I guess, uh, Justin, go first. Let everybody know what's up. Uh, well, yeah, you can find me at uh, Skin Buddha, and that's Buddha, B-U-D-D-H-A. Um, you're not wrong for selling it the other way. There's two versions, but I have to clarify. <laughs> uh, so Skinny Buddha at everything. Um, Instagram, Facebook, every social media outlet, uh, skinnybuddha.com. Uh, if you're looking to follow my personal my personal adventures, it's uh, just Mr. Spelled Out. Davenport. Um, and, you know, I do a uh, manage Skinny Buddha, manage the Hoy Kaloi, and Kesos here. So, uh, B, I'd love to have you on my journey. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, and we're pretty easy to find, too. I mean, all of our content is under the Hoy Kaloi. The only trick to the hoi polloi is that the original Greek spelling is with I's, so for trademark reasons, I changed the I's to Y's. So for those listening, it's the H-O-Y-P-O-L-L-O-Y. But I mean, Facebook, Instagram, thehoipolloi.com, everywhere. You can check out tour dates. You can check out what shows we just wrapped up and with what artists. We got two exciting records coming out this year, a hip-hop record and a rock album that I'm actually head of the studio tonight to do some mixing for, so I'm, I'm, we're deep in that right now, and um, there's a lot of exciting stuff to come, and Howie, I just want to tell you that we just really appreciate you, man, for uh, giving us, us a chance to kind of talk about some of our exploits and endeavors, and, uh, you know, the synchronicity of just being two musicians doing what we love in, in the field, you know? Oh, uh, dude, you're welcome, man. Thanks for, thanks for doing it. Um, and uh, it was good. It was a good conversation. It was, it's nice to talk about, um, I don't know, it's good to get uh, insight from, from other artists and, and entrepreneurs and just to kind of, it, it's, it just shows that the, the, the journey, like the fundamentals are the same. You know, it's like, you got to work hard, you got to stay focused and you, and it takes a long time and you have to believe in it and you have to do it because you love it, not because of the money, you know, it's just, it's all the same. And, I just want everybody to know out there that, that it's entirely possible for you, you know, to do the same. It's, uh, you just have and to one last, really want it. One last thing adjacent to that is that a lot of people forget that it's largely about the journey and not the destination. A lot of, the, if you don't stop to take in 
you know, I remember pulling over in the middle of Kansas on the tour, last tour, and the stars, it was pitch black, and the stars were out, and we just, I was, we just pulled over in the middle of the night, and we just all got out, and smoked a blunt, and we were just like, let's just take this in a moment, you know? I mean, you know, you're working so hard towards your goals sometimes, and you, you have certain things that you set out for yourself, and I feel like so many people are just rushing to get to the destination and forget to take a minute to stop and be like, hold up, we're here right now, that's pretty cool. And so I just want to remind your listeners of that just as much as, you know, working hard and staying dedicated to what you're doing is take a minute and, and be like, hey, we just did that. That was awesome. We just did this show with these people. I just met this guy who fucking rocked or gave me this opportunity or whatever. And, you know, you got to count the victories as much as you can because it's hard work. So, you know, enjoy the journey is, is my message to your listeners at the end of the day. And try to enjoy as many moments of it as you can because that's really what it's all about. I love that, man. Yeah, well, very well said. And uh, I think the best advice of, at all that I'm going to take away from this is the uh, the words from, is words from your dad. Uh, if you're going to be the be a garbage man, be the best goddamn garbage man in town. <laughs> Isn't that great? I, love I never that. forgot that man. Stuck with me for my whole life, and I was like, I can't believe that my dad would just be like, "Hey, if that's what you want to be, that's what you want to be." But it's like. More parents need to encourage their, their children because we all have different talents and we all have different things and everybody's got a different path. You got to find yours. That's it. Bottom I, line. I love it, man. Um, well, guys, thanks so much for calling in. I'll, uh, I'll make sure to put the links in the description so everybody can find you. Um, just click on it. Um, but yeah, thanks for much calling in Tales from the Green Room, man. Appreciate it, guys. Much, much yeah, love. We'll, we'll, link up for, we'll link up before the end of the year, I'm sure, my man. Yeah, you got it, man. Y'all have, right, a, y'all have a wonderful have day. A good one. All right. Peace, love, and hip hop beats. There you have it. Great conversation with those guys. Um, check the, the link in the description. Hopefully, you're listening to it on a podcast service that allows you to tap links. Uh, I'm going to have all the information where to find these guys and their stuff on the online. Um, Always great to talk to people about this type of stuff. I'm always interested, and I can talk about this shit all day long. So you got to cut it off somewhere, you know? Um, thank you for your continued support. It means a lot to me. Um, I'm hoping that these shows are just getting better and better for you to listen to. Um, you know, quality, content, all that fun stuff. And... Uh, yeah, um, like I said before, hit me on the Instagram at Howie Spangler. Leave me a voicemail. Um, ask me some questions. Just just give me a shout out, whatever. Just get on the show. Say what's up. Let's make this a party. You know, I just want this to be a, a thing. I want this to be your thing as much as it's mine, you know? Um, anyway, if it's your first time joining us, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. If you, if you get a second there, I'd really appreciate it. It means a lot to me, and it helps the show. And... Um, Check out the YouTube stuff I did, the song of the day, the the, the uh, acoustic stuff, and some vlogs, and you know whatever. Get to know me a little bit. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Tales from the Green Room podcast. See you real soon. <laughs>